Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast. It's exciting. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Ryan Catfish Black and Travis Tannehill. It's a crew. And we all can see each other this week. And Ryan Black showed up. So that's good. But you know what's really good? We're sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and service provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Boys, how was your weekend? Hopefully, it'll be the last slow college football weekend we have this year. But I suspect there's more hijinks to come from COVID-19. Or with Catfish, because Catfish wasn't here last week. Uh, yeah, my weekend was fine. Like I mentioned before we got on the show, I watched a tremendous amount of golf, uh, you know, because it's such a crazy, crazy year in so many ways. You know, the fact that there's now going to be six major championships, uh, you know, between now and, and, and next August. So, you know, the U.S. Open, which would have been, you know, earlier in the summer now was was uh, over, over this past week. So I enjoyed watching that. Um, I did watch you know, in and out, some of the other college football games, you know, UCF Georgia Tech was really the, the one that I got to watch probably the most of because I was on desk Saturday night, so I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked of, of Miami and, and Louisville. Um, and then obviously, hey, man, I'm still, you know, following all the other sports, you know, NFL and uh, you know, NBA playoffs now or Final Four. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, overall it was a good weekend for me, but like you certainly mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to be back uh, you know, back to work this this week. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, the game doesn't get postponed between now and then. Yeah, Coach Coach Kleiman just announced another ten players are either out with COVID or contact tracing. It's adding up, guys. I I don't know, man. They they might get to midweek, and if they have more cases or more guys that have to go into quarantine, Trav, I don't see how they're going to play. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, the numbers just adding up. And um, but my biggest question: Why? And I, I've racked my my brain around this, and I haven't been able to come up with a good thought or, or a good uh, a good thought process behind it. Why is the NFL having zero throughout the whole entire NFL, and these college teams are are struggling? And, and obviously, there's college students on campus, but I guess that would be uh, my question to you guys: Is what, how? Why is it such a such a drastic difference? You know, the NFL is handling it, you know, exceptionally well, and college is still struggling, and games are still getting canceled. What are your thoughts behind that, everyone? I, I will turn to our medical professional, Doctor Matt Walters, for this. Yeah, I, I wish. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a case of NFLs being a little more mature about it. Guys are getting paid lots of money, hopefully making good decisions. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the, uh, the prettiest of scenarios right now. And, you know, I, I think we're going to see start and stop football all year long. I mean, we've seen a couple games get postponed or whatever within 24 hours of kickoff. And, um, you know, who knows Oklahoma was hit pretty hard with COVID during the summer months. I, to be honest, I've not seen what their numbers are like right now, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're just there's various pockets of teams that are not faring very well at the moment, and K State's one of them. I don't understand it, Travis. I don't see how it's possible 
knowing that how infectious this has been across the nation and how it just, you know, gets into groups and starts spreading, I don't see how every team is staying this healthy. You know, one theory going around is that they're using, uh, that the, the test that people are using is so sensitive, there's a lot of false positives and they're using better testing. I don't know. Um, I just can't explain it, but they're having a great deal of success. And I know it's easier. I accept that it's easier for <clears throat> to convince a guy getting paid a million dollars a year. You got to be careful. You're not getting paid as opposed to a college football player that wants to go drinking on Saturday night after the game. I under, I grasp that, but I find the disparity in the numbers absolutely hard to explain. Um, and, and I can't wrap my mind around it. So I, I think there's more at work, and I hope someday we find out what's all been going on here because I, I can't explain how there's so many cases in so many places, but not the NFL franchises. It's crazy. Do you think, do you think they're cooking the books? Do you think they're lying about the numbers? <laughs> I think they're uh, ignoring asymptomatic as healthy. That's just my, my thought is – and th- there's some thought there isn't. There isn't a classification for asymptomatic that it's actually false positives. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I I don't see how mathematically I'm a better better at math than anything else. How mathematically this could even be taking place that they can be that healthy in college football can have so many cases and contact tracing cases where there's quarantine. Have we heard of anyone in the NFL actually quarantined because their wife was around someone that ended up COVID positive at a swimming pool or something. We haven't heard of one contact tracing quarantine. I find that to be very curious. Uh, well, I mean, I do know that I read a story. Maybe, I guess it was from ESPN, you know, about like a lot of these coaches in the NFL, especially the older ones. I mean, they're basically isolating out of caution. Like, you know, just saying that we already know that we're high risk. So like, they're like, I mean, you always heard the joke about coaches sleeping at, like, the complexes, but I've heard, like, a lot of them aren't even going home because they're just trying to avoid, uh, you know, infecting their family or vice versa. And, I mean, again, I know for some people that sounds crazy, but when you're getting paid the money that the NFL coaches are, I guess, you know, hey, you still keep in touch via FaceTime and Zoom and and what have you. Uh, You know, my explanation for it, um, I think on what you guys touched on, I I just think, one – I think the uh, – I'm not going to say that the NFL numbers aren't – maybe like you're saying, maybe they're ignoring certain ways of reporting it. But I do think they've looked at how many players in baseball and how many teams have been affected there uh, that, that I think they kind of see, well, hey, we don't want to have similar issues here if we can help it. Uh, and secondly, I think it's just that I think no matter how many times you maybe stress to college students about practicing safe, you know – practices and, and, and following the guidelines, I just think that's it's easier in theory than it is in application. And I, and I just think just look at look at the schools that have let like uh, fans and things in the stadiums. I'm sure you guys have seen the photos. I mean, there's like half the fans seems like aren't even wearing masks or they're, they're down here or something. So I, I just I just think that uh, I'm not at all saying it's about K-State. I'm just saying that in general, I think that, you know, guys just get comfortable. And I also think that um, they're just going to be in contact with so many more people on a daily basis than an NFL player, right? I mean, because in a way, in an NFL, I mean, you're just going from the facility and back. Whereas, like, unless you're taking all online classes just here in a college town, you're going to be around a lot more people on a daily basis than an NFL player is going to be. Matt, has the COVID cases in the Major League Baseball ranks calmed down? They have, haven't they? Hmm? It's come, yeah, it's come down. Uh, I'd say a fair amount. Um, you know, back to what <clears throat> what we've been talking about. I mean, college rosters are a lot bigger than NFL rosters. I don't know if the the testing that's going on at the college level is different than the testing that's going on in the NFL. But uh, yeah, it's and even though that's happened, it's you know you see trying to think of what the school was over the weekend. I saw a story about um, a player having a friend bring him a pizza from outside the bubble and, you know, got suspended or booted off the team or, or whatever. It's, uh, it's just, 
this is just mind boggling to me, all this stuff that that's going on. And, you know, and now we're talking about the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten are still going to start football. I saw a story over the weekend, Pitt State here in Kansas from the MIAA is going to go play Stephen F. Austin in November. Uh, so it's just, yeah, as, as they say, this, the story, or what's, how did Chris Kleiman say it? It's fluid and uh, unavailable. <laughs> yeah. It's unavailable and fluid are the two key words that you're going to hear all season long. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Now we're left wondering, <clears throat> out of the 10 new cases supposedly Kansas State has, who are they? How important, how significant are they? Um, guys, I think K-State's got to be teetering on the brink of not being able to play at Norman. They had so many cases to get more of them. Um, I know they got back some players, but are they in game shape? I mean, <clears throat> just because you come back, if you've been gone a couple of weeks, what's that mean? Are you ready to play by that Saturday? Uh, and if they have more as the, the week progresses, I think the Wildcats have to be teetering on the brink of declaring no contest. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this keeps happening and how uh, guys continue to put themselves in peril by you know doing things or being around people. But that's the, the world in which we live right now. Um, Trav, I mean, you're the closest to being on the field of any of us in your lifetime. So, I mean, how difficult is this for guys to, as college students, to kind of edit their own behavior so that they're not doing things? I, I know it would have been really hard for myself. It really would have. Yeah, no, I I definitely understand those players and, you know, trying to be as disciplined as possible. But then it's not just the players. It's the players' girlfriends and the players' roommates that may or may not play football and everyone that's surrounded by them. Um, you know, has to be smart and, and looking forward to, you know, the Norman game or, you know, games in the future. I mean, if you're a coaching staff, I think you really got to, you know, when does it become unhealthy, not just COVID unhealthy, but like physically unhealthy for me to put in a true freshman left tackle and a left guard and get my guys killed because right. they just have no shot to be prepared, no shot physically. You know, they weren't supposed to be playing this year. We They were on the docket for two or three years down the road. So I think those decisions kind of have to weigh in and you hate to, you know, throw up the white flag and surrender and say, Hey, we don't have a shot, but at some point when your numbers are so depleted, um, you know, you, you might not have a shot. So with, with some of this COVID stuff too, cause coach climb has been pretty open and transparent on, on injuries, especially um, prior to, uh, you know, the prior regime, what do has he not said any of the COVID cases? Has he said who's who's been released? Or is that more of a nationwide? Are some teams announcing who's who's out or kind of what? What's that protocol look like just from a health standpoint? I think some schools are announcing who's out, but you really can't release the name of someone with COVID under the HIPAA laws. I understand that, but um, I mean they've just really gone into Bill Snyder shutdown mode. No reason yeah. to tell us. No reason to tell their opponents. No reason to signal that they were short on receivers last week or maybe linemen this week or, you know, who knows, running back. There's no reason to send that signal, I think. He's gone into Bill Snyder mode, ironically, but it's probably best for his team and his players with uh, so many guys coming and going that everyone in the league doesn't know who's going to be on the field. I don't I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you're down – one wide receiver, you obviously know, you know, we got plenty that can step up, but yeah, if your whole wide receiver, your whole defensive back room is struggling, that can definitely uh, affect the game plan for, for the offense you're going up against. So and it does make sense, but it's just ironic to me, you know, so quickly um, how he shifted from being pretty transparent, pretty open on the injury depth chart to, um, you know, this year, you know, extreme circumstances, obviously uh, he's changed that tune for relatively quickly. I, I'm just uh, astonished at the number of cases right now. I'm not sure Baylor's ever going to play. I mean, they between them and opponents, this is amazing. They lost two different opponents two weeks in a row, one because of them and one because of Louisiana Tech. It's amazing. I, I And then you, you brought up the Big Ten. Matt, they're talking about going eight games in eight weeks plus the following week is a championship week in which everyone will play. From the little experience I have so far in 2020, that plan isn't going to work. 
I mean, you you got to have a week there to be have a reschedule if something pops up. But man, going nine straight weeks, I feel like the Big Ten president set that plan up to fail. I don't see how it's going to work. Um, you know, you think of all the conference commissioners, Bob Bowlesby from the Big Twelve catches more guff than probably any of them. But well, I'll tell you the, the amount that. You know the Big Ten commissioner has has been getting here for the last few weeks has just been immense, and I think they've just been pressured into you know pressured back into playing uh, a little bit. They're, they're not going to play nine straight weeks. Not every team is. You know, just like in the Big Twelve, not everybody's going to get all uh, all their games in. So, you know, I don't know. Back to what you were saying, Fitz. I don't know if K State is like right on the brink. I think there are a couple of, you know, places where they're they're really concerned. But my bet is that the the ones that have recovered and are back, the ones that are now, you know, having a quarantine or or what have you, um, it's almost like six of one, half dozen of the other. And you know, kudos to those that are taking care of the cats. You know, the medical staff they are. They are being incredibly cautious and for good reason. And the, you know, the potential issues with, you know, the test that comes back for your heart, um, you know, those are the ones that, you know, nobody remembers that even being talked about until the process really got rolling. And, and that's the one thing that probably everybody medical wise is most, most focused on is the, that, that test result and the potential for you know, damage down the road. Well, Nebraska got its way, has football, Ryan Black, and yet now Nebraska isn't happy because the schedule's too mean to them. Um, <clears throat> did the Big Ten intentionally stick it to Nebraska? They have to open it Ohio State. They have to play Penn State early in the schedule. They really caught a tough schedule. And honestly, I find it hard to believe it was by chance that they have to open at Ohio State. Oh, I I mean, I, I think uh, you you would be hard pressed not to think that <laughs> the Big Ten schedule makers didn't purposely do it that way. Uh, you know, I would say that you know Nebraska can't really complain now in terms of they 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 were as vocal as any Big Ten team about wanting to play this season, and well now you're getting to play, so you gotta you gotta roll with it from now. Uh, I, I would say, Matt, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe. Bulls, we got a lot more criticism before I got here. But, man, Larry Scott, the Pac-12, has been just an utter disaster. And he seems to get flack all the time. And most of it has been deserved. Like, I I, I don't know if we did, like, a, a, a power rankings of most flack for Power 5 conference commissioners, but he would be number one on my list for sure. Uh, you know, just in terms the big, of – the big, Yeah, the Big Ten catching up quickly. But, yeah, what, I agree. Larry Scott's caught a fair amount of it. It's just like their football games, though. We don't really – see it or hear it because it happens two or three hours later well and and you know i i didn't want to be that that guy just saying that pac-12 doesn't play you know and being the only power five league that doesn't get started uh that it's like well they haven't been they haven't been at all a factor in the playoff in in years you know outside of the year oregon made to the title game and lost to ohio state and that was that was that was the first year of the playoff that was six years ago uh, so, I mean, I do think Oregon is, is kind of building something again out there, but, uh, I mean, I, I just think that like you kind of mentioned Fitz, it just doesn't seem given all the stuff we've already seen that's happened, that there's just no way they're going to be able to play that many weeks in a row without some cancellations and things coming to play. So I think what, what will end up happening is you'll see, they'll do like maybe what they, they might have to end up doing baseball where they just go by winning percentage. And I know that'll make a lot of people mad saying, maybe this team played seven games and this one played five or six, but there's no other way you're going to be able to to do it. If, if, you know, every team doesn't play the same number of games. Yeah, Trev, that's interesting. Should there be a, a baseline number of games you have to play? I'm of the belief that if Ohio State – beats Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland and goes 3-0, and and that's all the games they get in, uh, the playoff committee will want to put them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think this year more than ever, I mean, it's they're <laughs> they're going to be open to criticism. I mean, you, normally we, we're, you know, we're dealing with no losses or maybe a one-loss or maybe a two-loss team, but, yeah, this year it's going to be 
wide open. I think, you know, that eye test is going to be super important. Um, you know, the, the healthiness of, you know, key players, whether that's quarterback, running back, uh, you know, big, wide, big name wide receivers. So yeah, this year is going to be, um, super controversial, honestly. And, and, and I'll, I'll be curious to see how, how they can even handle that objectively. Uh, cause it's not, it's not going to be possible. They're going to have to put a ton of opinion and a ton of, um, unmeasurables into that decision on, on who they pick for that college football playoff. Matt, I'm there... glad you brought this up because, you know, to me, what is fascinating about that is like you kind of mentioned, at least every year we have the baseline of a team can play the same number of conference games outside of when they, if, if your conference has a title game. But like now, again, you might have it where, uh, you know, Alabama plays nine games and maybe LSU plays six and, and Florida plays seven. And, and so, like, how do you, like I said, then when it comes to judging that against the Big Ten or the Big Twelve or the ACC, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? It's just going to be complete chaos. And uh, I think the only team that's going to be happy about this season is whoever wins the national championship. Everyone else is going to say, "Oh, <laughs> you're right." Asterisk. Season, really giant asterisk yep yeah. <laughs> yep well after the break we won't talk about the pac-12 returning to play which they're considering because nobody really cares it's it's amazing nobody it's like oh okay pac-12 whatever yeah you're gonna you're gonna try to play okay yeah good yeah have fun i mean nobody seems to really care and i don't think the pac-12 will play they just won't be able to get a consensus on it we'll be right back on the powercat insiders podcast sponsored by blue mark energy the PowerCat Podcast will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Tim Fitzgerald at home. Travis Tannehill at home. Matt Walters at the office like a responsible adult, and Ryan Black has joined us this week after taking last week off uh, for a meeting, which I suspect was NASCAR replays, but he's back with us, and that's good to know. Uh, a little warning here, folks. Uh, I had to retape this open uh, because my mic failed in the second part of this podcast. The good news is we had it backed up on Zoom. Because of that, my mic will be off of my computer instead of this actual microphone, so it sounds like I'm with Matt Walters somewhere in a well. But if you can get through that, this podcast will continue, and we do have Ryan Black, and that's always good. Yeah, we're going to have to get a rant. Ryan, you better have a rant. We missed it last week. Ratings plummeted without a rant. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh that means he doesn't, so just yeah. put him on mute for the rest of the show. Well, I, I was going to say that I just thought 
in the interest of just so much stuff going on in the world, it would look very, I don't know, inappropriate for me to be overly upset about something that, you know, doesn't look, uh, that looks so minor in comparison, you know, right now. And uh, I'm not trying to I get it. weasel out of it. I'm just trying to kind of put forth a, a reasoning. <laughs> I get it. Did- did anyone like I'm trying chance. to keep things in perspective right now, you know, like I'm happy that I have a job given just how many places have just hacked their journal, you know, their, their news staff to death. And, and I mean, I'm thankful that I'm, I'm healthy. I mean, they're just, you know, I, I just understand that these things are just so crazy right now. It's hard really for me not. to be. Who says you're healthy? Yeah. yeah. No, who says you're healthy, Ryan? Oh, well, yeah, that is more of an opinion, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. You're healthy from the shoulders up is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mentally, I'm as strong as an ox. No. It's everything okay. else. <laughs> All right. No. That's the problem. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've been watching these Zooms where they like uh, there was the table reading of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like we should break into Hamilton songs as we tape this, seeing everyone. Um, I, I don't have any idea how they're doing that, how nobody had a delay. Uh, Anyhow, speaking of delays, Oklahoma State delayed a week, ended up playing against Tulsa. Did anyone see any of that game? I was busy most of Saturday, and what I saw was limited and putrid. I know Oklahoma State's quarterback, Spencer Sanders, got hurt during the course of the game. I know their backup stunk, but that football game was awful what little I saw. It's awful. I recorded it, uh, did not watch the whole thing. Usually when you talk about Tulsa and Oklahoma State, you're talking about some points being scored. Um, I just think that – I don't think people should be surprised by what they've seen so far. And I'm right now I've got the, the bookmarks up on the Big 12. I mean, that Iowa State got beat, the Kansas State got beat. Um, there are so many things that are uncertain that – it's it's just nuts. And, you know, one thing that stuck in my head from, from Chris Kleiman's press conference last Tuesday was, you know, again, they're, they're dealing with stuff they haven't seen, but I liked his answer, you know, when he was asked about, you know, are there things that you're going to do to try and win now? You're getting away – are you going to get away from, you know, the one who brung you? you know, the one that you danced with. And he said, no, we're going to stick with our philosophy. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, you know, yeah, K-State's going to take some lumps. There's going to be a lot of teams that take some lumps this year. But that's that's one of the sharpest things I've, I've heard said by a coach in a while because, you know, this year's a freebie. You get a pass. You get a, you know, you get a mulligan. And coaches are going to try some different things. But K-State's not going to get away from itself. And, there will be teams that do, but it's just so it's just so all over the map right now that I don't think it's going to stop. You're just going to see keep, you're just going to see teams continue to get surprised as the year as the year goes along. I don't think anybody's going to play flawless football all the way through the year. Not not Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Not you know not anybody. Even the really good teams. I'm curious to see what the SEC produces. Yeah, be at LSU or be at Alabama. Everybody's beatable this year, I think, with maybe the exception of a couple teams. Okay. Yeah, I would. You know, I'd kind of lump Oklahoma State in. You know, obviously with a pretty similar to the Kansas State, and consider and uh, you know, talent wise, and compete. You know, compete pretty well against each other year in and year out. And I mean, I think this whole COVID, it, it, I think it hurts teams like Kansas State and teams like Oklahoma State more than, you know, the, the top five, top ten programs in the country. I mean, obviously just, you know, f- from a depth standpoint, K-State can always find, you know, two or three guys on offense, two or three guys on defense, and then some role players. And, you know, you can put put together a, a pretty decent roster that can compete against anyone. But, you know, when you start losing guys left and right, I mean, that, that depth is always Kansas State's issue and it's always teams like Oklahoma State's issue, um, kind of these mid-level teams. And when you start depleting that roster – like, like it's going to happen this year. I mean, I think that puts team, you know, those top 25 to 35-ish teams in that, in that range 
um, at, at a huge disadvantage because, you know, they, they can coach some guys up and they can plug guys in, but only only to a certain extent. And then you know, those top tier, you know, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, um, even even Texas has, has tons of talent. They, they can never seem to quite put it all together. But when your third string or stringer is still pretty darn good, um, you know, you got a chance where Kansas State's, you know, third or fourth stringers are usually young guys that have a lot of work to do. Um, so I think this season puts a huge disadvantage at, let's say, you know, the 25th best team in the country to the 50th best team in the country, kind of that, that, that mid-level uh, team, you know, middle of the conference type team, that, that puts them at a huge disadvantage. I was a, I wanted the Big 12 to bring in an 11th school and just play around Robin amongst the – with 10 games. I think what happened in the non-conference schedule really damaged the Big 12. I mean, because you look at it, they played three Sun Belt teams and lost. Um, now one of the victories is a mediocre Oklahoma State win over Tulsa. Houston Baptist almost wins at Texas Tech, but that goes down as a win. And in your three, quote, impressive wins, you beat Missouri State, Eastern Kentucky, and Utah. I mean, I, I don't know – the Big 12 had nothing to gain from these games, guys, and everything to lose. And guess what? They lost because they're 5-3 and three in the non-con. TCU and Baylor haven't even got on the field yet. And I don't think the conference looks very good. I think it damaged himself, itself. And I really wish they had identified another program to bring in for the conference, like Notre Dame, to the ACC for this year alone and not play all these games because I suspect in the process a bunch of COVID uh, – might have gotten into the conference and and uh, I'm not saying anyone intentionally played people with COVID but I think there's some indications some guys are playing if you got a bunch of guys testing positive on Sunday they were probably positive on Saturday um, the incubation seems the chance of it ending Saturday night so you're positive on Sunday but not on game day seems pretty narrow to me that that could happen uh, but here we are we're finally getting to the conference play and uh, I'm afraid the conference just isn't going to look good. No matter what they do with each other, people are going to say, yeah, but Oklahoma, did you see who they had to play in the Big 12? They lost the Sun Belt. Matt, I just think at the conference, there's no way to salvage its reputation with this pandemic season, even if uh, the teams stay healthy and play a bunch of games. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. I guess I'm just coming at it from a little different angle in terms of, again, it's a – it's a one-off year. It's, things are changing day to day. Uh, that's not going to stop. And you know, I don't. I don't think the Big Twelve really needs to worry about that. You know, just just get through this thing and survive. And you know, hopefully, when we get to you know next summer, next fall, we're talking about much more of what a typical football season is going to be. Again. You're not the Big Ten and you're not the Pac-12 right now, and I, I surely wouldn't want to be those two conferences. So just make do with make do with what you can. You know, basketball announced last week, or we you know found out basketball season is going to start on the 25th. Who knows? Um, the tournaments that, have, that typically happen in Hawaii are going to be played in North Carolina. It's just what we're going to see this year will be in the history books for years to come and just wait. I mean, uh, baseball season, whatever it is. So nothing surprises me. I don't think you need to make a big deal about it. And you just, you hope that there's a, there's not a player, whatever the sport may be, whatever the school may be that, you know, that, that dies from this stuff, because that's, what's going to take over the headlines is if something like that happens. Yeah, Ryan Black, is there any way college basketball starts when they say it's going to start and and continues? I mean, there was a lot of talk about going into bubbles, going to a conference bubble and do it three times a year and play six games in a two-week period, 15-day period, whatever it is, retreat to your campuses for a while, come back and play some more. Um, but I don't I, – they're going to go without bubbles and try to just play a regular schedule and – and with this winter, what typically happens with flus is, you know, it takes off in the winter. I just don't see how basketball is going to proceed with this plan. I think they have a better chance in football, though, just, just because of the fewer number of overall players that, that you're talking about. I mean, look, 
I mean, look at the NBA. And they actually, I mean, obviously they are in a bubble, but I mean, they haven't had, you know, a single player test positive during, during their time, you know, in, in uh, at the Disney complex. And so uh, I like to, I think it's just, there, there's just no way uh, outside of like, you kind of mentioned having teams in an actual bubble. There's no way that, that any sport's going to be able to go through a season without any, you know, cancellations or, or uh, postponements or things like that. Again, and put golf and NASCAR aside, because obviously those are, you know, individual kind of sports more so than, than, uh, than team sports that we're talking about. But um, like I, 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 I would just say I feel a lot more optimistic about basketball's chances huh. of getting through this with fewer bumps because of just a fewer number of players. That, I mean, I know that's a very simplistic way to look at it, but it's a fact. Travis, would you like to be locked in a bubble at Disney World for two months? I would think you this could create someone, turn someone into an axe murderer if they're around Disney stuff for two months straight. I mean, you're gonna pay me a couple million bucks. I do, I do, I do a yeah. lot, lot weirder stuff than that for for you know a couple million bucks a month. Tell so. me about it, brother. But but I mean, you saw, I mean, who is the headline? I think I don't I don't follow the NBA at all, very little. Uh, but there was some, I think it was for Boston, you know, he's missing his daughter's birth. You know, he decided to stay in the bubble. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I don't know, stuff like that is just like, that's mind boggling to me. It's one thing to sacrifice from your family, you know, go away for two, three, four months. I mean, we know um, people do that all the time for, for their jobs. Uh, but, but to, you know, miss a big life event like that. I mean, that's when you really put into perspective of, um, you know, this is, you know, this is pretty darn serious and people are taking it seriously and making huge, huge sacrifices to make sure we can, uh, you know, guys like us can cheer for our teams and, and cover sports like we do. So, no, I appreciate all the <clears throat> all the athletes and all the coaches um, and all the medical staff and everyone else doing everything they can uh, to get these, uh, you know, get these games played. Because I know there was that two or three months there earlier during this uh, pandemic where life was life was fine, but there was no sports on TV. It was boring. It was horrible. So, yeah, I uh, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm kind of, you know, at the camp of Matt. I'm just, you know, with the Big 12, you know, we're just thankful to be playing. And the season's kind of going to have a giant asterisk on it anyway. So let's try to find a way to, you know, get OU or Texas into that, into that playoff. Um, but no, it's a uh, 2 million bucks in the bubble. Shoot. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have a few other things I want to say real quick. Okay, go. You skipped over me on the, the point about the Sunbelt thing was let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that two of those three losses to the Sunbelt were like decisive. Again, K-State had the only quote-unquote semi-defensible loss because, again, they lost in the final minute. But KU and Iowa State were clearly the inferior teams on the field uh, against the Sun Belt. And, and like I said, so that, that as a whole doesn't look good for the Big 12. But what I'll say is I think at this point people on the playoff committee and people nationally, Oklahoma gets the benefit of the doubt of being the class of the Big 12. It's the problem is they've struggled so mightily when they've gotten to the playoff that I think at this point – that's what people think is like, we don't care what Oklahoma does in the regular season. They need to, well, I mean, if not win a playoff game, at least be more competitive because outside of, of the loss to Georgia and the Rose Bowl game, they've been pretty much dominated in most of their playoff appearances to this point. So, uh, I mean, I know that's that's not what, what people want to hear about the Big 12, but I'm saying that's what the facts are. I mean, the Big 12 has not won. I believe right, they're the only, uh, they're the only conference, Power 5 conference hasn't won a game yet in, in the playoff. Because, you know, again, like I said, Oregon did make it to the national title game and lost. And, obviously, we know about the SEC and we know about Clemson. But the Big 12 has been shut out in, in its playoff appearances. So, I just don't think the perception is going to change about the conference until they get into the playoff and actually make some noise. I agree. I agree. And speaking of Oklahoma, Matt, uh, Kansas State is scheduled to go down to Norman on Saturday. Is there a pathway to victory for Kansas State? Or is it even more difficult to predict – you know, I didn't see last year's coming, but I I could see them doing it. I just don't see how Kansas State can win at Oklahoma right now because there were so many issues that you can't solve them all in a one- or two-week period. It's hard to see that pathway, but last week I just remember looking up and Kansas State's up, you know, 21, up 30, so you, you never know. And again, K-State typically plays pretty well in Norman. They've played Oklahoma in some of their better games down in Norman than they have at home. Uh, a lot's going to depend on how, how – I know they're not going to be, but how close 
K-State is the full strength. Um, you know, does is Malik Knowles available? Uh, we, again, we don't know who the, the the players are that are either positive or out for contact tracing. You know, obviously, if there were somebody like Skylar Thompson that's out, um, that's going to make life that much more difficult. But to me, I just go back to what we what we talked about after the, the Arkansas State loss is what strides has K-State made on the offensive line? Who is the center? Is it Ben Adler? And what has Connor Riley been able to get accomplished with those guys in that unit up front? Because if I'm if I'm coach you know, Grinch from Oklahoma, I'm bringing the house. I am bringing the house for four quarters for 60 minutes. And, you know, Derek K-State, part of, part of it, again, is who's available at wide receiver because K-State was down a lot against Arkansas in that department. So it's going to be difficult uh, without a doubt. But, again, who knows? Maybe Oklahoma has a slew of guys that go out on <laughs> – Wednesday or Thursday, but K-State will have to play incredibly well and get breaks and make breaks to have a chance. Indeed, and Travis, if Oklahoma wants to come, I hope K-State throws its share of screen passes, and I would throw it to Briley Moore an awful lot. If you want to come <laughs> all out uh, here, uh, Briley's going to slip by you. And to do one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and that's what – I mean, last year, yeah, no, did Kate, was K-State across the board better than Oklahoma? No, but they found a way to, to you know, get out, out of victory and played really, really well. And so – and that, that's my biggest hope. You know, it's one thing when you go out and play well and you lose, you know, that, that sucks. That means, like, hey, we're, we need to go recruit some better guys or we need to uh, find some better coaches. But when you go out and play poorly and you lose, you know, that always kind of leaves a little bit of hope, a little hope in the, in the back of your mind there, which is what happened last week. So, hopefully those guys got some things figured out. Um, you know, I think, you know, defensively, I didn't see enough last week defensively, especially from our secondary, um, to stop an OU. I, I wasn't – I'm more worried about the offensive line at the right. beginning of the season than I was about that secondary. So, hopefully that was just a fluke um, where that defense did, wasn't ready to play. Uh, or maybe they, they saw some things that they weren't, re- they were, they weren't expecting. So, um, you know, if that defense plays well, which, you know, we got a pretty good, pretty good front and, a, you know, pretty good linebacker core. I um, mean, you keep some guys healthy. You know, if we can slow Oklahoma, slow OU down, a um, couple turnovers, you know, kickoff return for a touchdown, and next thing you know, it's a 28-24 ball game. Kansas State finds a way to win. So that would be a defense has to play lights out, hold Oklahoma, you know, capitalize on their mistakes. Um, but if I'm a betting man, take them Sooners. <laughs> yeah, but Ryan Black, the line came out Oklahoma by 28. 28. Yeah. And that's a pandemic line right there, man. It, they're just trying to balance the money and the perception that OU is yeah. a lot better. Maybe they are. I don't know. Well, I, I think, too, that the line, I'm not saying it would have been 10 points less, but it would have probably been at least a touchdown less if K-State hadn't, hadn't lost to yeah. Arkansas State. So I just think that especially if people didn't watch that game or they didn't watch it closely and you just look at the final score and you're like, oh, man, K-State couldn't even beat a Sunbelt team. Uh, of course, like you said, they're gonna. People are gonna assume. Well, they're gonna go into Oklahoma and just get uh, just blown away, like like two years ago, which was about as big of a mismatch as I've ever seen between two conference teams. I mean, again, I know you guys were around for the mm-hmm. long ago K State teams, but it's in terms of in my lifetime, I, it, it was just so just one sided in favor of Oklahoma. It, it was just unbelievable. And obviously, I don't think to be anything close to that Saturday. But, I mean, you guys have kind of hit upon all the points is that K-State's going to have to play extremely well in every area, offense and defense. One of those uh, well-timed special teams plays they seem to come up with that wouldn't hurt to have a kickoff return or a punt return or a blocked punt. Uh, and, you know, guys, the thing that they did so, 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 so well last year, which would help them if they could do it Saturday, you guys remember how, how well they controlled time possession? Yeah. Especially the first two games, it was like Bowling Green and Nichols barely could get on the field. So I, I just always think that e- even when you have a school like Oklahoma that has such a quick strike capability, I always think the more you keep them off the field, the better chance that you've got of winning. Matt, that comes back oh, to that offensive off line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That comes back to the offensive line, yeah. Matt. they yeah. got to block, man. You can't yeah. possess yeah. the ball if the offensive line 
uh, is yeah. struggling, and hopefully they've sorted some things out there. I'm sure Ryan, are you from? Oh, go uh, ahead, Trev. Sorry, real quick. Ryan, are you from Oklahoma? You got a little bit of an Okie draw there. Where are you from? Uh, no, I, I mean, no. I, I, I tell people I'm from, I'm from Georgia. Uh, Georgia? All right, all right. Georgia. Back to football. In college, but, but like, this is my first time living in this part of the country was when I got this gotcha. job. I didn't know Oklahoma people had like an accent. I've never heard that. Oh, yeah. They, really? don't, they don't talk quite like you. They don't talk uh, quite like you, but you've also, with your, with your comment a moment ago, you've missed some of the real lopsided matches between K-State and KU over the recent years. Um, but the offensive line well, but, is but worth you got to remember, I mean, in 20 uh, – I mean, 2018. You know, I mean, they needed they needed Delton to, to score late, and I mean, even two, uh, three years ago, Stephen Sims had like 200 yards receiving for KU. Now, now last year, you're right, was a pretty a pretty one sided affair, really. Uh, but I'm just saying that I mean, I can only speak from 2017 to now. I mean, I'm saying I wasn't here for that. Okay, 2000. Hey. Yeah, catfish. It's all good, man. I, I mean, it's all good. Wait, wait Travis. I'm so just... good. I'm glad that you brought up the question for me, Travis. Can I say two questions for you real quick? One is, you know, you being a former player, could you imagine what it would have been like if you were having to play through just a situation like this with this pandemic and how different that would have made your career? I mean, it just – I think probably, like, annoying would be, like, the biggest – best word I could find. It's just, like, it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's hard to know. Um, you know, those guys are probably a little scared, you know, every time they – you know, I mean, you go and take a marijuana steroid drug test, you're scared, and you know you're going to – you know, test clean on that. And, and where these tests are, you know, it seems like a coin flip and guys are testing positives without any symptoms. And you're like, man, I feel healthy, but you know, I still want to see my girlfriend. And so it's, you know, where do you draw that line of what's, you know, responsible and disciplined and, you know, looking for the team versus also, you know, you can't, you know, quote unquote, live your life in a, in a bubble. Um, so yeah, just annoying would probably be the, the biggest word I would use, but it'd be, it'd be hard. It'd be frustrating. And um, you know, seasons are hard enough without any of this crap. Um, so to add this would be a whole other layer of just annoyance and frustration. How would Bill Snyder have handled all this? Oh, God. Oh, geez. I, I don't even know how. I, I did. Zoom meetings alone, I don't know how he'd get through this. I, I don't. No, I remember I, I asked a, a staff member when they went remote and, um, you know, they were, they were doing everything online and, and dealing with, you know, talking to their players through Zoom and talking with their um, – and recruits through Zoom and everything, and, and you know, that was the sentiment was just like, I, I, I know Coach Snyder would have tried. He, he would have done his best. He would have put the people around him and Sean would have helped him um, and probably would have found a way to get it done. But they, they were just, you know, it's – thankfully there was a coach who is used to that technology because it would have been very – it would have been a whole nother, another hurdle and another layer of uh, complexity uh, to, just to have a coach who did not – right or wrong or anything against him just uh you know the era that he's in he was a very old school paper type guy um to be able to have these digital technologies that were needed just to communicate with your players uh would have been a whole nother layer of um of difficulty to add on to the season and the fact that he's in a super high risk group yeah. exactly yeah that as well i mean just the fact that um he has to be more careful himself because of because of his age so yeah which which we haven't seen you know thankfully it seems like the coaches are being yeah um pretty safe and I remember talking to um a strength coach and you know they, they were masked they're masked up 24 7 and he was a believer in the mask because he's like I've been he's like you know those strength coaches over the summer they see every player every single day he's like I, I've been within five feet of every single player that's tested positive and he's like we're taking tests every other day and not, he's like not one of my strength staff has um has shown up positive so he, he's a believer in some of the precautions they were taking um and and two I mean going back to, you know, the coaches being smart. I mean, my wife is friends with a lot of the coaches' wives and, you know, she texts some of them the other day to get together, you know, for coffee. And those coaches' wives are being very cautious as well. They're not really going out. So the, the like you mentioned, the players, it's hard to get them to not interact with anyone, but the coaches um, seems like they're doing a really good job of, Hey, you know, we have to be very, very careful. Cause yeah, imagine if, um, you know, coach mess or, uh, or coach Riley or anyone goes down, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be even harder, uh, or Coach Kleiman, for that matter. If Coach Kleiman goes out with a positive test, I mean, that just throws a whole other wrench into, into everything. It sounds like everyone's doing their part. Um, it's still just, you know, everyone's getting dealt a really tough hand right now. 
Well, I appreciate it. You just have such a different perspective. And I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just saying that I appreciate your perspective because you, again, just have such a different a different view than what than the other three of us would have, just having actually played in, in the program and everything. Yeah, it would suck. It would not be fun. I mean, it'd be fun because you're still playing football it's better than practicing all the time, but um, or lifting weights all the time. But it, it'd just be. I don't know. It just not ideal by any means. Mm-hmm. But but and the two. I mean, you know, high school seniors. I mean, they, they don't get another round. I mean, I got a brother-in-law that's a high school senior. This is it. And you know, they're already having issues and guys testing and games are getting canceled. So it's not just college football isn't in its own little world. And that's the world we spend most of our time in. But um, it's affecting a lot of people in a lot of sports and a lot of different age classes. So Bill yeah. Snyder would have coached from a suite all by him all by himself, and Mike Norvell from Florida State's guy. COVID now, so keep a tally on how many head coaches get it between yeah. now and the end of November or so. And really, that's where my concern is. The coaching staffs, the the support staff, the office staff, people that are in a higher risk group than the players. Um, that's something could happen. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see if the Big 12 can get in five games on Saturday. Does Kansas have a chance at Baylor? Killa K looked awful. We all accept that. Uh, but they did play. They did get a game in. And Baylor's now had two games canceled with a new head coach, a new program. Does KU have a shot to win at Baylor? They have a shot, but they won't win. There we go. That's, yeah, I mean, I you, you, you have a theoretical shot anytime you just take the field, but I certainly w- would not pick them to win. No, from what I saw, KU put on the field. I mean, they got a long way to go, um, which they have. They've needed a long way to go for the last, shoot, two, three years now, and it seemed to never be heading in the right direction. So, well, <laughs> uh, they got a long – Baylor's got enough just pure athleticism that, no, no, they, they'll, they'll be fine. I, I would think so. But to their credit, Les Miles is loading up on the high school kids, and if they're legit players, you know, a couple years down the road, particularly since this year doesn't count, that helps the programs like KU and K-State mm-hmm. that need to reload this uh, – these rosters that you'll have a bunch of really young guys uh, not having their experience counted this year. So that's, that's going to be big boys. Thank you for another collection of our pandemic podcasting. Uh, Matt, you look great at the office. You look very professional. That's it for this week's podcast. Much appreciated. We'll be back next week, hopefully after a K-State game, but certainly after some Big 12 games, and we'll have a lot more to talk about on the Insiders Podcast. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.